Well, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here with you today. And thank you very much for inviting us and for the warm words of welcome, Claire. Uh, thank you also to the ladies of the PWA for your prayer and financial support towards the Irish Mission. It's because of your continuing care and generosity that we and all the other workers uh, throughout Ireland continue to plant, maintain and develop Christian witness, speaking the truth in love. I came late into the mission, as you can see, I'm no spring chicken. Um, so I hope you'll bear with me. feel a bit nervous just uh, looking out on all these faces. Nevertheless, I want to read a few words from Matthew 9. And uh, it's Matthew 9, uh, verses 35, and just a couple from chapter 10. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news to the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his twelve disciples to him, and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Amen. This morning, I would like to tell you how, first of all, I became a Christian, and then with circumstances and some life's experiences, uh, which eventually led me into full-time mission work in Donegal. Trials come in all shapes and sizes, and I'm sure you're trying to come with some, uh, some of them too. I cannot give clear, simple, mechanical answers to questions arising from what I share. But the bottom line is, God is sovereign. God is a good God. In unpleasant trials, he wants us to rise above them, persevere through them, and emerge stronger from them. I grew up in Bally Castle, the eldest of a family of seven, and every weekend, as many of you uh, were taught, uh, we, were, we attended Sunday school and uh, church. In my early teens, some months after my dad died, I heard a preacher teaching about hell and eternal separation from God. It seemed like God arrested me and was speaking directly to me through this man. I certainly didn't want to go there. He read from the Bible these words, Most assuredly, I tell you this, he that hears my word and believes on him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. I believe this statement of Jesus. Ask God to forgive me, change me, and come into my life. 
I became a Christian that night. I joined the police, the RUC, as a career in 1966, and after training was sent to Newry, where I met Eleanor. She was a strong Christian who had a very steadying influence on my life. But a few days before our wedding, the head of the police informed Eleanor's parents that the IRA knew of our hotel reception venue and it had to be changed immediately. This was done and all went well. Six weeks later, however, my younger brother Robert, also a police constable, was killed by the IRA in North Belfast. He had been my friend and best man and his death had a devastating effect on our lives. Through these personal circumstances, and along with other atrocities and murders of friends, I developed quite a bitter spirit towards Republicans, which, with hindsight, I'm not very proud of. My Christian life, uh, the life graph and witness, were very much more down than up. I became disillusioned and resigned from the police service to begin a business from my hobby, that of landscape gardening. The business grew and was successful, providing us with all that we needed. However, there was something inside me that wasn't being fulfilled, and I couldn't readily identify what it was at that time. Highkirk Church held a mission And one Sunday morning, the talk was about the people in the church at Laodicea. The the speaker said they were lukewarm Christians, proud, complacent, and well-off, but ignorant of their condition in God's sight. I knew church had become a holy hobby for me, and I was becoming more and more indifferent to God. Jesus' statement So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Disturb me. The thought that my lukewarmness makes God sick really bothered me, and I rededicated my life to Jesus that morning. Eleanor and the girls noticed a change on me and said so. Christian friends in Highkirk came alongside and encouraged me to get involved in Bible study and prayer every week. And we did this as a couple, and gradually I began to grow as a Christian. Two men came to town to promote a future mission outreach throughout Ulster called the Walk of a Thousand Men. They were just ordinary fellows like me, but their enthusiasm for this mission work was refreshing and exciting. They told wonderful stories of how during their walk missions in England, ordinary people just gave their lives to Jesus. I went home excited and enthused by what I'd heard, applied to join the Walk of a Thousand Men, and after completing the necessary training, was accepted. Prayer was the most important element of this mission, and I learned quite a lot in a practical way of the importance and urgency of prayer in all situations. East Belfast, funnily enough, was the area chosen for our team down in Belmont uh, Baptist Church. We went out in twos 
to the Conswater shopping centre and onto the streets and into paramilitary bars and clubs at night, sharing testimonies and telling of what Jesus meant to us. God was present in these situations and people found hope for life. This was one of the most exciting times of my life and I didn't want it to end. This was the fulfillment I had been searching for and the space that materialism couldn't fill. I took part in other walk missions to England and the Isle of Man and the concept of mission work was born in me, supported by Eleanor and the girls. Early in 1997, our youngest daughter, Louise, was diagnosed with leukemia. Prayer support for her multiplied as the news went out. The elders were called to pray, anoint her with oil, calling on the Lord to heal her. And we give God praise for hearing every prayer and answering them. Half-heartedness is not one of God's traits. When he answers prayer, he does so 100%. During Louise's illness, our two eldest daughters, who had become lukewarm in their faith, rededicated their lives to Jesus. Speaking a wee bit further of the bitterness I developed, as I watched Louise receive the necessary blood in the royal, I noticed that it didn't say in the blood bags by whom it was given. Whether the donor was a Protestant or a Republican didn't matter. It was the right blood for her type, and we were grateful to those who had given it. And this reality spoke silently but loudly in me, diluting this bitterness somewhat. Some months later, I met a former member of the provost from North Belfast. He was telling the story of how he had placed his trust in Jesus Christ, how his life had been changed completely uh, while serving sentence in the Mays prison. We talked together after the meeting about my brother and other issues. Afterwards, we hugged each other, cried together, and my bitterness was lifted away completely. Only God can bring healing between an ex-peeler and an ex-provo. He is a good God. But news of the intending retirement of the Irish mission worker in the glens of Antrim came to my notice. Christian friends suggested from time to time that maybe I should consider applying as the replacement for him. These thoughts lingered in my mind and tentative inquiries were made to the Irish mission office. Our family prayers focused on, if this route was right, then doors would open or else remain closed. Meetings and interviews were arranged and attended in church house, and in June 2002, I received a unanimous call to join the mission. But this news, I began to panic more than slightly. The business was getting busier, but I gave notice to all my customers that I would be running it down to follow this new course in mission work. Some told me I was mad leaving a good business and would regret it. And I have to say, I did wonder at times 
if I was doing the right thing. It wasn't easy giving up the work I love so much. It hasn't been easy leaving our family, adult though they may be. It hasn't been easy leaving our friends and all that we were involved in. And it still isn't easy. Letter Kenny was to be our destination. And we know without doubt this is the place God wants us to be for however long. Even though just a couple of hours down the road we have much to learn in this new culture. But having reared a family and experienced much variety in what life has thrown at us, Eleanor and I hope to and do assist others needing support for whatever cause or trial. When we went there, we didn't know what to do. We weren't handed a book of instructions with troubleshooting features at the back. We recognized God is in control. His word tells us that in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Much time was spent in prayer and prayer walking the town, meeting members of the congregation, etc. Prayer triplets were set up and some of these triplets contain four, five and even six persons. That's Irish triplets. Our church is on the main street, so during the All-Ireland Flacule Music Festivals in 2005 and 2006, we initiated outreach with assistance from our friends in the Worship Ireland Band. We are also right beside the main post office, and every other business around us is open daily. So we man the church each Thursday from 11am with signs outside displaying that the building, building is open for prayer and quiet contemplation. Over 800 people have come in and spoken with us. Some have come in out of curiosity. Many have lived in the town all their lives and have never known what it was like inside. Many are amazed to hear that in the 21 troubles, the church was burned down, but rebuilt in 1922 at a cost of 3,000 pounds with donations of 1,500 coming from the Presbyterians and 1,500 from the local Catholic community, and that their grandparents had possibly given to the rebuilding of this church. They just find that amazing. But things are changing in the Republic. Attitudes are breaking down. We, uh, the Polish and Lithuanian Roman Catholic people come in to pray. Lapsed Irish Catholics are searching for something spiritual, Individuals from the Gaelic-speaking areas of West Donegal come in and have no problem allowing us to pray with them. All are very open people, and we delight that they accept items of free literature and CDs. And God knows, maybe in the privacy of their homes while reading that literature or listening to the praise songs, they will come to know Jesus in a personal way. A former provo from Derry told me he had tried to commit suicide and had become an alcoholic after his marriage and family life had broken up. But he spoke of Jesus as he sat in the back seat and the Holy Spirit and that he was attending a Bible study run by a lovely Christian Catholic couple whom we know. Please pray for Eugene. For months our prayers had been for a family 
or someone with musical ability to join our congregation. An American lady came in. She with her husband moved here to work, but they missed their family of three so much. She had no church fellowship, but was encouraged by our friendship and prayers on Thursdays. She has a degree in music and singing and has from time to time, as her work permits, played and sang at our services. Friends, prayer changes things. A lapsed member of the congregation came for prayer after a recent bereavement. She told of many hurts in her life, situations she felt she couldn't tell to any other members of the congregation. But she told us, and we meet her regularly for conversation and support. Assurance of strict confidentiality in conversation with prayer seems to help and relieve people of their burdens. As you may be read in the uh, Reach Out magazine, our daffodil, daffodil outreach last October was well received, and we will be carrying on with this year after year in targeted areas of the town. We want to see Letterkenny covered with daffodils and with the Word of God, the wee St. Luke's Gospels that we, we uh, uh, give out with the daffodil bulbs, both seed, uh, St. Luke being the seed of the Word. Recently, we initiated a presbytery prayer meeting in Jackson's Hotel, Bally Buffet, in support of all the changes and proposed changes going on within presbytery. This was well attended, and I've been asked to continue with these meetings on a bi-monthly basis. Our first prayer for healing service was held a few weeks ago, and 35 people attended. Many came forward for prayer, both the laying on of hands and the response has been very positive. And we look forward to another, another healing, healing service in May. There are 10 language groups in Letterkenny and District. I have plans to have John 3 and 16 printed in those languages and placed on the front wall of the church each Thursday. I'm also searching for good Christian literature in these languages to accompany the signs. Thousands of young people, and I'm not exaggerating, thousands of young people attend nightclubs, hen parties, stag parties, etc. every weekend in Letterkenny. And a nightlight outreach here would be brilliant. Pray for somebody to catch the vision for this work in Letterkenny. We feel we're just a wee bit old for that. We are busy every day as God's, God provides the opportunities to present the good news which is exciting, for you don't know who is going to send along next. We are all in this together. Mission is based on Christ's command and his promise that he will provide us with all we need. Prayer is our lifeline, and fear must be put to one side. Please pray protection over us and our family as we continue our work, and pray specifically for the Holy Spirit to move in all Ireland revival. Thank you for listening. We sing our closing hymn, Salvation Belongs to Our God. It's number 668. <laughs>